0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dog podcast on Hill. It is me and Kip Adams this week. Uh, ben Wolf is out on the road getting some recruiting notes and those uh, along, no doubt, over on the Junkyard. But we are back in a game week. Kip had a nice little bit of a break last week with Georgia having its bye week, but uh, the Bulldogs will be back in full force on Saturday and in a very big game playing Florida in Jacksonville. Kip, uh, did you take advantage of the bye week? Uh, did you uh, allow yourself a little bit of rest before we get ready for these last five games of the regular season?
1: If resting is taking advantage of the bye week, then I 100% took advantage of the bye week. Uh, my productivity level was most would say uh, average on average of what it normally is, but I rested as much as I could, enjoyed a stress-free, for the most part, day of uh or weekend of college football and uh a stressful filled uh uh, day of uh nfl on sunday and uh yeah i'm arrested as as i can be for a nfc south uh division leading falcons fam
0: they never make it easy and kept you know as as much as anybody they never will
1: (laughs) it's it's just a rite of passage really it kind of prepares us for anything i mean i think we are um these the strongest group of people in in the sports world just because of that and when people talk about pain they they have no idea um so it's prepared us it's strengthened us it's hardened us and you know bring it on
0: yes that that is the way and you know i saw fans even after that ugly game looking at the schedule being like Hey, this this sets up pretty well, and I'm like, man, it's the same thing every single year. That
1: is the setup. <laughs>
0: That's where they get you. But you know what? We're gonna we're gonna stick with it. And uh, you know, for me, very fun weekend. Obviously, we love what we do, but it is nice to get a break. Uh, went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Very very good. Would highly recommend uh, people go watch it. Very long movie, but very very good. Uh, had a chance to visit some friends. That was also fun. But uh, we're turning the focus back to football. And I know, Kip, you're as excited as I am about that. And and I think this makes for a very interesting game for Georgia. Getting ready to play Florida. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Kirby Smart, Cedric Van Pran. Um, trying to remember who else we got yesterday. Uh, Javon Bullard as well. Um, and, and getting a feel for what that bye week meant to this team. And I, I really think... And Kirby made this point after the Vanderbilt game that there's never not a good time for that bye week, but it was just so well-timed as far as getting guys healthy. Um, You think about guys like Amarius Mims who have been uh, on that rehab and been on it for a bit, and then you think about guys like Xavier Truss who gets hurt against Vanderbilt. But, um, you know, I I thought it was really interesting. Cedric Van Pran talked about the offensive line really going back to the fundamentals during that bye week. Uh, trying to clean things up, trying to shore things up because, you know, they've had a lot thrown at them. I mean, you know, at this point, Monroe Freeling was the third different right tackle to play this year because of those injuries. And, you know, he held up pretty well. And I think Georgia's only given up six sacks through seven games and and Cedric wasn't exactly happy with that number. You know, you could tell by him talking about it that he thought it could be better. Um, But I, I do think that that week was really big across the board for Georgia Uh, These are some really big games. It's kind of funny coming into this season. We looked at the schedule and thought um, it was pretty easy on the whole um, that, you know, there was a mix of games early that were really interesting. Well, now the way it's set up, I mean, it's a lot like that 2022 schedule where those big games were toward the end of the season, end of October and into November. Um, So I, I would say this bye week was huge for Georgia. Kip, what did you think of, Uh, when this break came and and how big it could be for the Bulldogs, given what is left on their schedule this season?
1: Yeah, I kind of think about the the running back position, just with Kendall Milton and, you know, potentially Roderick Robinson coming back. I I think, you know, uh, with him, it's probably a situation where he might have some guys in front of him. I'm not sure this is kind of the week where you really want to bring him back too early, but getting Kendall Milton you know, back and healthy, uh, would be huge. And and to your point on the offensive line, uh, just the fact that I think, you know, usually the last couple of years during this run, the offensive line has kind of been, you know, mostly the same group of five, maybe six. You, You had a guy rotating in, it was a Marius Mims for the most part last season, but you, you look heading into this weekend, you're probably looking at two guys, you know, uh, starting who you know began the season as starters i mean uh you know cedric playing at center tate ratledge at right guard um brand new left tackle and ernest green now you have dylan fairchild in there at, at left guard maybe you have xavier Truss. um you know maybe you have a Mims, and and maybe it's monroe freeling out there it's it's you know you've had some guys that you've had the you know switch in and out there and for the most part i think this group is is performed at a comparably you know the comparably high level to what they've been able to do the last couple of years so i think for that group uh the bye week came at a perfect time it allows them to kind of reset uh know what they have and i honestly think t- you know today as we record this on tuesday it's going to be huge because I, I think you kind of you'll figure out whether or not a guy like Amarius Mims is, is a serious, you know, candidate uh, to play this week. This is, I think, you know, this is always the big practice day for Georgia. And I think, you know, that's when they kind of find out and they can kind of go game plan, you know, if we're going to have him in there or not. And if they do that, that'd obviously be, be huge. But if not, I think this group has kind of shown they can, they can play at a high level if, if they don't have Amarius out there.
0: And someone else who I think is that week was really big for, too, and I wrote as much last week as we were going through that bye week, was Lab McConkie because, to me, he's about as big as anybody on this offense given the Brock Bowers injury news. I feel like he's a guy, if you were able to kind of, you know, they've been very smart about meticulously knowing when and when not to practice him and being smart about his usage. And, you know, I think that week had to be very big for him because – you know whether Lad would acknowledge that or not, you have to think he is thinking, I have to step up. And, and he's the kind of guy, you know, that's been wanting to go the entire time. And Georgia's being very smart about not pushing him to try to re-aggravate that back injury. But to have him, especially coming off the Brock Bowers, injury in that last game Uh, i would have to think that that bye week was really big for him and we'll really be interested when we come out of this florida game looking at the snap counts of several guys but especially Lab mcconkey just to see does he play a little bit more than we've seen in recent weeks and has that bye week sort of allowed him to play a little bit more
1: yeah i think this is this is a huge week for pass catchers in general obviously um uh, stepping up in, in a big game in, in Jacksonville where you know that Brock Bowers wanted, w- wants to be out there on the field. He's had, a, you know, a big impact uh, in that game. And I, I think this is definitely an opportunity for Vlad McConkey, but also, you know, your guys from the transfer portal, uh, Dominic Lovett and Ra-Ra Thomas, they, they've continued to get more reps and get more comfortable in this offense. And I still think, even with uh, Brock not being able to be out there, you're you might be able to see just a, a more evolved version of of this offense under Mike Bobo and Carson Beck, who now is a, one of the top ten passers in the country. Seems to be getting more and more comfortable each week there in the pocket. So I, I think this this passing attack hasn't seen its ceiling. And even with you know the best player on the team not in the field, I, I think they still have a chance to to really improve as far as their explosive plays.
0: So the thing that everybody wants to know is the injury situation with Georgia. And I'll add this caveat that we're talking on Tuesday afternoon. Kirby will probably give us a little more intel after practice on Tuesday. Uh, He was asked on Monday about Xavier Trust. and Marius Mims said that Monday's practice, which was happening after the media session, uh, would tell him a lot more about their availability. Uh, It doesn't sound like Xavier Trust was too banged up, uh, especially compared to the same ankle injury. Um, that Brock Bowers had. So we'll know more about him. Um, Kendall Milton, it sounds like he'll be good to go just based on what Kirby had to say, and we'll probably get a more of a feel from that. Sounds like Roderick Robinson is pro- progressing as well. Um, you know, I would think that, especially between the two running backs, I think Kendall Milton's a little bit more likely, but we might see Roderick Robinson back as well. Kirby was asked, of course, about Brock Bowers. Wouldn't really get into how his uh, recovery is going so far. Really wanted to focus it on the team. Uh, will be interested. I'm going to try to check in with Kirby in the next couple of days uh, if he will travel. I would not be surprised if Brock makes that trip to Jacksonville, just given what he means to this team. Uh, but obviously, he's not going to play in this game, and he's going to be someone we're going to be watching over this next month just to see if we do get any updates with him and just how soon he could be back for the Bulldogs.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, today's kind of the day where you kind of figure out who you're going to have. And for Georgia, I mean, there's no excuses right now. I, I think uh, you've built the depth in this team and they rotate their guys for a reason. And I, I think you're going to have an opportunity to, to see a lot of guys step up in Jacksonville. But uh they are i mean there are guys that are getting healthier out there and i i think it's it's good news for georgia whoever you know is able to return this week but i mean we're at the time of the year where you're just never going to be healthy uh, overall as a roster i mean that kind of ended in fall camp and, and so if any team is is kind of built with the depth to overcome something like that it's georgia so this is the You know, that time of the year where we knew that they would be tested more than, I guess, any other stretch of the schedule. And this is kind of where uh, they kind of write their narrative.
0: Take a quick break, come back and talk a little bit about this Florida matchup and what we expect to see in Jacksonville on Saturday. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, Kip. Let's turn our attention to this Florida matchup. Um, it, it's sort of funny to me thinking about Florida, and I'll be honest, I haven't watched them a ton this season. Watched a good bit of that Utah game, which was obviously uh, during the week before that first, uh, you know, full Saturday. So I had a chance to really watch them. Saw a little bit of the Tennessee game. <clears throat> Went back and and watched uh, extended highlights of the South Carolina game, but. I'll be honest, Kip, and I'll be interested in, in your take. This Florida team does look better than I thought they would be at this time of year. I was, you know, we, you, uh, me, and Ben Wolke uh, had a text thread going during that Utah game, and it was like, you know, everything's on fire. Uh, ben, it's it's a real shame, Kip, that Ben is not here to sing the praises of Graham Merch. I think if you just hold your ear out, you may be able to hear him wherever he is right now. Uh, but I, I will give Florida a lot of credit. I, I think that they have come a significant way uh, in over the course of this season, because I thought it could get real ugly real quick. Uh, They didn't do themselves a whole lot of favors in that South Carolina game. They were down 10 with about five minutes to go, but good teams find ways to win. And and I give Florida a lot of credit. Uh, What do you make of this Florida team going into this game? And, and uh, maybe what we'll be able to see from the Gators on Saturday.
1: Yeah. The one thing I'll say about Graham Ertz is that, you know, He's got the nation's third highest completion percentage. Uh, it's seventy six point two percent, and that's it's. You look at the how these two teams kind of mismatch up statistically. Um, that's the one area where Florida is better than Georgia. Um, but it's really it's two teams that are outstanding in, in that area. Uh, Florida's number one in the country in completion percentage, and Georgia's number five overall uh, and number two in the SEC. At 72.5%. So I mean, these teams are efficient at throwing the football. So right there, you know that uh it's gonna be a test for both secondaries. They're gonna have to play uh, assignment football and and not have blown coverages. That's gonna be a key in this game. But you kind of look at uh Florida and where they you know they might struggle. Uh, I think third down defense is right, th- right where you, you can kind of point to where you know there might be an area for for Georgia to kind of you know win some battles. Uh, Georgia's number two in the country in third down conversion, 57.1%. It's actually uh, much higher than it's it's ever been at any point. Um, really under Kirby Smart, the highest they've ever ended a season is like 51%. So uh, that's an area where if you're kind of looking at this year's team and, and saying, well, oh, they're not last year's team and they're not the 21 team either, but there are areas where they're actually getting better at. And third down uh, conversion is one of them. Florida is one of the worst in the country as far as, uh, you know, third down conversion. They're uh, number 108 overall in the country. And so, yeah, that that's an area where uh, Georgia can get off the field on defense and, and can extend some drives. I think they could, you know, have some success in that area and kind of maybe put some distance between uh, them and Florida. But I think this is a really interesting game just because, both, the, like I said, both these offenses are efficient uh, passing the football and making good decisions. I will give credit to Graham Mertz. He has made really good decisions with the football for the most part this season. You know, outside of that Utah game, uh, he, he's, he's been exactly what they needed him to be. And uh, it's it's really interesting because these teams um, are really strong as far as time of possession for that matter. Uh, Georgia's number six overall in the country, uh, over, well over 33 and a half minutes of possession per game. Number two in the SEC and Florida's number four overall. Number one in the SEC in time of possession. So I think possessions, you know, might be hard to come by in this game. You're gonna have to make each one count. So in the end, the cliche is a uh, turnover battle. Uh, that, that could very well be true in this game because you might not get more than, you know, three possessions a half.
0: Yeah, it may kind of feel like we're watching service academy football if if they play the way they want to play and if they hold on to the football. Uh, one point I wanted to make on merch that you hit on, Kip. Uh, very impressed, you know, looking at that South Carolina game. Very collected, very calm in the pocket. And there were some plays I, I wrote about this in some notes that I put on the junkyard. That, you know, their last two drives, they had like a fourth and 10, a fourth and one, and a fourth and 11, and they converted all of them. And one of them, he had to roll out to his right and kind of keep the play alive. Uh, A lot of credit to him there. Uh, Some notes that I think could really uh, come in and and factor in for Georgia. I thought South Carolina really attacked Florida downfield, specifically with their bigger receivers. I know um, Xavier Leggett really had a very big game, uh, made some plays, I, and I put this on the board, but I'm looking for guys like Ra-Ra Thomas and Marcus Rosemy jack Saint to really challenge Florida secondary because, I mean, there were several plays where Florida, uh, I'm sorry, South Carolina, just out Florida. I mean, fighting for the football and just, you know, through sheer will, just, you know, out the guy and caught the ball and made some big plays. So I want to see if Georgia takes advantage of that with their outside receivers and really makes Florida try – uh, to stop them. Um, another piece of this that I think, you know, it's it's very easy to come into this game talking about the quarterbacks with Graham Mertz and Carson Beck, who's going back to his hometown. and I'll be really interested uh, to see how he does and what he has to say about that experience. But I think the run games of both teams are going to be really big. I was really impressed watching Montrell Johnson um, and also uh, Trevor ETM, but really Johnson in the fourth quarter of that South Carolina game looked really, really impressive. And I think that this is an opportunity for DeJun Edwards and the other running backs for Georgia uh, because we've seen Florida struggle against a run. South Carolina, which is a team that has not run the ball very well this year, they broke off some really impressive runs with their running backs in that game. And then you go back to uh, the only other game to this point that Florida has lost besides that Utah game, uh, that Kentucky game. I mean, Ray Davis just made short work of Florida's defense and um, you know, I think they rushed for over 300 yards. Just a very impressive performance. So, to me, I, I really am going to be paying attention to the, the run games of both teams because I think uh, when you look at Florida, I think you immediately think of ETN, but Montreal Johnson's really impressive himself. And Javon Bullard talked about that a little bit on Monday. Uh, but on the other side, I think Georgia's got a really good opportunity to run the football, to really uh, enforce their will on Florida. And we'll just have to see if they're able to do it.
1: Yeah, you just looked at last year's game. I mean, Dejon Edwards in that game, 12 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he was one of the most impressive players in that game, if not the most impressive, even with, you know, Kenny McIntosh also having a pair of touchdowns in that game. So, uh, you know, you saw Georgia have some success against them on the ground last year. I, I don't think that there's any reason to go away from that, because um, like you said, Carson Beck playing in Jacksonville, you want to make sure you put him in a situation where he's able to be poised and collected a strong run game. You can't. I mean, that's the best thing you can give a quarterback. So uh, I I think that's going to be a huge focus. And really, it's got to be a call to action to this offensive line. They have to establish, you know, some strong running lanes uh, for dejon and, and the rest of Georgia's backs to be able to, you know, see some daylight and not have to make plays uh, out of the backfield, make multiple guys miss. Um, so I think that's going to be huge for Georgia. And I know that, uh, you know, ETN had some success against Georgia's defense last year and, you know, Kirby Sparks probably hitting home with that. Like, you know, this guy, you know, ran for 73 and a touchdown on us last year. And, you know, he's just, probably chomping at the bit to to try to you know break 100 yards this year and you know it's really going to be up to this group of linebackers to to play strong assignment football and and not let him get extra yards and, and to not you know miss any tackles because i think uh, broken tackles are going to be a huge aspect of this game for georgia's defense
0: definitely I uh, want to make sure and plug that on Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 Eastern, uh, Graham Hall from Swamp 24-7 will be on. We are going to do a podcast really getting in to the details of both teams and really previewing this year's game. Uh, so I would encourage people to keep an eye out and watch for that. Georgia Men's Basketball Minute. There's a lot of excitement right now around Georgia recruiting. No commits to date, but everybody's really watching. Uh, a lot of excitement about some big names for Georgia. Asa Newell, Darian Reed. Kanai, Ruth's. um, There is some buzz uh, about Georgia's chances with all three of those guys. Right now, it's just sort of a wait and see mode. It, It was pretty good timing on Monday afternoon. We talked to Mike White. Very last question, someone asked about the 2024 class and Mike White just smiles real big and says, who are we getting? And that was that was all he said. So Um, we're watching. I'll give credit to on three. Uh, Darian Reed may be announcing his commitment somewhere this weekend. Alabama seems like the biggest threat to Georgia. Um, Asa Newell, we really don't have a timetable yet on him. I think Georgia feels really good about him. So it's a lot of excitement right now. Uh, It's a lot of wait and see uh, to see how this class shapes up. But Georgia, you can kind of see the future pieces that are lined up at this point with those guys potentially uh, coming to Georgia, even if it's just one of those guys, would be a big win. If you get multiple, obviously a huge, huge boost. Uh, And Georgia really likes Silas Demery and Blue Kane, the two guards that they've got. Um, You can see the pieces. So it's going to be up to Mike White and Eric Pastrana. Uh, to close on this 2024 class uh, but like i said there's a lot of excitement and uh, i think there's a whole lot of uh, people anxiously waiting and uh, wanting to see what happens with these recruitments but uh, i think there's reason for excitement when it comes to georgia
1: yeah you get ace and U on board and then uh, maybe that swings the pendulum for uh, for roofs and you're able to get uh, you know a pair of top 30 forwards uh, i think that would be huge for georgia basketball as You know, we kind of look for them to make, you know, a splash in year two and make a tournament. You know, I think that would be huge momentum for this program. But you get two guys like that on board, uh, you can can build an offense around a couple of forwards like that, especially uh, guys that have kind of a modern game like these two.
0: Definitely. And we'll have to see if one of these guys commits could very well sort of be a Pied Piper situation like you see in football with a quarterback that guys follow. So uh, we will be all over that. And I would be sure to encourage folks to keep an eye out these next few days. We will be all over that. Uh, We are going to wrap up the episode right there. Appreciate everyone for watching this live. Everyone who tuned in after the fact is listening to this uh, after the fact, again, I want to make sure and uh, remind people that Wednesday at 4 30, we will have the podcast with Graham Hall from Swamp 24 7. Have a chance to really dive deep into this matchup and get a feel for what's coming. Uh, be sure to subscribe to dogs247.com. Uh, also go to the dogs 24 7 youtube you've got kirby smart press conferences player interviews all of these podcasts a whole lot of good stuff and i gotta plug mike white and uh, the men's basketball team got interviews on there from there as well Uh, so for kip adams i am jordan hill we're gonna get out of here right there until next time take care everybody
1: exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Cindy, 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 Cindy Lauper. Catch the new documentary critics are calling a revelation. She's gonna fight the fight. As Cindy Lauper reveals in her own words the inspiration behind her biggest hits. If you're doing what you love, magic. See what shaped music's most authentic superstar. When you're that different, you view other people as having a problem. Catch Cindy Lauper, Let the Canary Sing. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it for free. Terms apply.